All right. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Welcome, Anita. Oh, thank you. I'm so How are you? I am fabulous, Shauna, and very excited to be helping to kick things off today. Yeah, I know. Our, our second uh, well-being experience online. <laughs> yes. Hopefully, eventually, we'll be able to go in person again, but for now, this is it, and this is great, and it's awesome to, to uh, share your awesomeness to the community out there and stuff so people can talk to you and hear you and learn more about you. So that's very exciting. Okay, so I'll, I'll introduce you. So uh, welcome, Benita K. Summers. Uh, her her uh, title today is called Ego or Intuition, How to Tell the Difference Between Inner Wisdom and Conditioned Mind. For more than 40 years as a psychic life and business coach with an international clientele, Benita K. Summers has offered in-depth psychic counseling and coaching for personal growth and professional development, guiding clients of all ages and occupations to reach their full potential and discover how to free themselves from fears and limiting beliefs. Benita continues to develop new techniques to benefit others and guide them on their spiritual journeys and into greater happiness and satisfaction at home and in their careers. So, yeah, welcome, Benita. I'm so excited to hear what you're going to talk about today. So I'll turn it over to, to you, and I'll be back in a while. Thank you so much, Sean. I appreciate it. And good morning, everybody. Um, as I'm speaking, uh, Shauna is going to let me know if there are any questions. She's going to throw them in the chat. So if as I'm speaking, questions arise, please just throw them in there and I will make sure that either during the session or near the end, I cover everything that I can. So ego or intuition. If you're really listening to your intuition, it could take you on a journey you could never have imagined for yourself. So almost a decade ago, I moved here to BC from Ontario with one month's income in my bank account and the knowledge that I was supposed to live in Kelowna. And this wasn't knowledge derived from researching the area or looking for work here or figuring out, oh, I can make this work. In fact, quite the opposite in Ontario, there's the expression you probably heard before, BC means bring cash. Nobody can afford to live here. That was the thinking for Ontarians considering BC. So I had in my mind, my limited ego consciousness, everything working against me, everything that would say you're crazy to think that you're gonna to move to BC. Now I did have one friend in Ontario who said, I hear there's a winery there where they put the wine in a pyramid surrounded by crystals, you'll fit right in. So. I, I got that. But for the most part, it was just the sense that Kelowna was where I was supposed to be. And I picked up on that in January of 2011. And it wouldn't leave me alone. It kept niggling away at me. And then one day I sat there. And, and this is a technique you can use because words carry vibration. I closed my eyes and I said the word Kingston, which is where I was living at the time. And I felt my energy hit a wall. Kingston was not a place where I was going to progress. Nothing wrong with Kingston. Kingston's an amazing city and I had a lot of wonderful years there. It was just not where I was meant to continue. And then I said the word Kelowna and my energy just kept going. And I knew I have to make this move and I have to trust. So I basically went online, found Castanet, 
booked a place to stay up on Big White for a couple of months off season. I got a place really cheap with the idea that I could pop out of the lease once I found a place to live. And I started contacting yoga studios. And one studio owner said, I want to meet you when you get off the plane. I'm going to give you two classes a week to teach something else that I do. Got my foot in the door to the community. And within a week, I had a place to live. I had a vehicle. And within a month, I had an office. And the rest is history. But I had never been to Kelowna. I didn't know what to expect. And that is trusting your intuition to the nth degree, where you're willing to pull up stakes, move across the country to somewhere you've never even been, and trust that it's going to work out. Now, that's the intuition side. The ego side was terrified. In fact, when I first moved here, I'd go around to business referral meetings, hand out business cards, meet people. I'd go home at night and stew in my own terror because the ego was freaking out. It's like, I don't know who I am. I don't know where I'm going. This is totally new. You've pulled the rug out from under me. How are we supposed to survive this? So I had, to, I was of two minds, the ego, which was struggling with stepping completely into the unknown and the intuition that was going, it's okay. It's going to work out. We're supposed to be here. So a lot of times it's not that everybody else isn't psychic. We're all psychic. It's just that trusting our intuition often means stepping into the unknown, which is the opposite of what our ego wants to do. So I'm going to describe the nature of ego and intellect compared to intuition, which is tied into feeling both physically and emotionally. So it's also the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is a reaching out for information, looking externally, we have certain things that happen, we make certain um, impressions from that, we get, you know, we, we make calculations. Because of this and this, I know this. That's knowledge. It's looking at the external world and gathering information, and from that, having a realization that's derived. Intuition is just knowing without derivation. And it has the opposite direction with ego, with intellect, with knowledge, you're reaching out for information. I'm gonna look that up on the internet. I'm gonna read that book. I'm gonna ask that person. Intuition is receptive. It's allowing in the information. It's letting yourself simply receive. And that's wisdom, not knowledge, but wisdom. We can be very smart and be very confused. And I see that a lot. Very smart people who come to see me, who've done all their research, and yet they're having a hard time making an important decision in their life because they've gotten confused. They've gotten too much information and they don't know how they feel about it. So my job is to help them connect with their feeling sense so they can move beyond just the idea. It would have been easy for me to go, Kingston has this going for it. And if I research it, Kelowna has this going for it. And I still would have been confused because we have a path to walk and our path isn't necessarily what our mind thinks it is. So you might gather all kinds of information and still be confused because something in you says, I don't care how much you're saying, that's the right move. It doesn't feel right. And if you're really listening to that, it'll stop you in your tracks long enough to get you to go, well, how do I feel about that? 
I think of all the people who are in careers they're not enjoying because it makes money. It's a good money maker. I went into something that would make me a lot of money, but because they don't love it, they're actually losing energy. They're losing energy to doing something every day they don't want to do. They're not actually making any energy back. They're spending too much to make that money. So a lot of times what I will do is I will say to people, check in with yourself. What do you love to do? And then look at how to monetize that. And that's some of the work that I do when I'm helping people with the business coaching side of things. And I see we've got a message from Dawn. I had that same stewing experience before retiring early. The leap of faith set the internal momentum to work for me with powers to move those mountains. I don't think I could have put that better myself. That's beautifully said. Uh, and I, you know, it's interesting. I read a story once about a woman who was in a high powered executive position. It's 2.30 in the afternoon. She's supposed to go to an important meeting and inexplicably, she finds herself packing up her office and taking everything home. No idea why she's doing this. She goes to see her doctor who says, well, you're depressed, you need to take some time off work. And while she's off work, she took up a painting class. Now she lives on the East Coast with her new husband selling her paintings all over the world. I believe that we come into this world with a path our soul has chosen. And at some point in our lives, the energy for running from the conditioned mind runs out. And we start to feel like something in my life doesn't fit, whether it's the relationship, the career, where you live, or all of the above, it doesn't fit. And that's when we feel lost because we know what we're doing isn't fitting, but we don't know what's next. And I often say one of the best things that can happen to you is to feel lost. And I'll explain why. The ego likes to go from a known to a known. It doesn't like the gray areas. But the ego only knows how to look for patterns. It only knows how to take you where you've already been. So when you drop into the void, when you feel completely lost, if you surrender to that, something new can occur. Something can arise that you never could have imagined for yourself. I never could have imagined the life I have now from the life I was living. So that surrender, that trust can lead you to a life of adventure. You know, there are two kinds of people in the world, those who are truly alive and those who are just trying not to die. So if you're truly alive, you're often going to step into the unknown. You're going to challenge your patterns to do something outside your comfort zone, which is where growth generally happens. Now I've got some notes next to me and I'm just going to have a peek over here because I do wanna make sure that I cover everything I wanted to share with you today. So when we're wondering, well, how do I know what I'm getting is a real intuitive hit and how do I know if it's ego? Ego wants to control out of fear. So if the voice in your head is critical, if the energy that comes with it is fearful or anxious or angry. Um, also, if it's attached to outcome, if it wants to keep things comfortable, that's probably your ego. Ego will also speak in detail, sometimes even flowery language. This is where sometimes people run amok where, you know, people with Messiah complex who think that they're the second coming of Christ or something, and they'll 
you know, it's a grandiosity that comes out. That's when ego has, somebody's really gone so deep into their ego that they're really lost. Intuition tends to speak in very simple terms. It might challenge your ego. Say, for example, you have a pattern of always answering your phone when it rings because you feel bad if you don't. If you checked in with your intuition before you answered the phone, your intuition might say, don't answer it. And your ego will be, oh my God, no, I must answer the phone or I'm a terrible person. And you'll need to, if you're listening to your intuition, sit with that. So you can learn about the pattern that says, I have to be at everyone's disposal and I can't take an evening off and not answer my phone and let things go to message and deal with it the next day. So a lot of times when it's intuition, it's going to challenge your patterns that say, I have to do this to feel good about myself. That's different from just feeling good. And if we want to get to where we're just feeling good, we need to listen to our intuition and start to work through those patterns. Otherwise, you can end up on that treadmill where your whole life you're giving energy to everybody but you so you can like yourself. But to really love yourself, it's about learning to listen. And if you get that message, I'm not supposed to answer the phone. I'm not supposed to run to that person's assistance today because I don't get the feeling that I'm the person that they need at this moment, or maybe they need to figure it out themselves. But my intuition is saying, sit still. And that is one of the hardest things for our society. We're taught, don't just sit there, do something. But it should be the opposite way. Don't just do something, sit. Sit until you know, and then act on the knowing. And intuition operates without attachment to outcome. To give you an example, um, when you're operating from your intuition, you are connected to the all. All information exists in the universe because linear time is a human invention. So everything that ever happened or will ever happen is all happening in the eternal now. And that information is accessible to all of us to whatever degree we've developed our intuition. I'm going to share with you the story of a couple of very interesting gentlemen, and you can look them up on the internet. I think you'll find them quite fascinating because they have both demonstrated the capacity human beings have for information receiving without intellect. So the one fellow is named Jason Paget, P-A-D-G-E-T-T. -T. He was, you know, young guy, party boy, didn't really like school, hated math, didn't see any relevance to his life. And one evening he's at a bar and somebody hits him across the back of the head. Down he goes. And when he comes to, his entire world looks different. He sees everything in fractals, even people's movement, it's all fractals. He said, people are constantly doing calculus in the background. They don't even know they're doing it, but they're constantly calculating. So what he started doing was drawing these images. And one day he's in a mall drawing an image and a physics professor spots him and says, what are you doing there? He says, I'm just drawing what I see. He said, you're drawing space time and said, you should go to school and take math. And he discovered that he's a math genius. So he found this capacity in himself because of a brain injury. 
And then there is Daniel Tammet, who is a savant who has synesthesia. There is a neat film about him online called The Boy with the Incredible Brain. It's about 45 minutes, totally worth watching. He can recite pi up to 20,000 digits. He can learn a complex language in seven days. And he sees numbers the way I see people and their energy and their subconscious when I'm tuning in on them. So he'll see numbers as different colored shapes vibrating in space. And all he's doing when he's doing calculations is looking at the shape in between and he knows what that shape means. And for him, numbers have certain physical and emotional qualities. They may be cold or warm or bring up a certain emotion. And to me, this makes complete sense because as a therapeutic touch practitioner, when I'm working on people, I know certain colors are going to induce relaxation or bring up energy or help with healing. I know which colors carry that vibration. But sometimes a person's energy field will surprise me and give me a color I wouldn't normally use. I had a client whose field was asking for fuchsia. And normally we don't use anything in the red zone because of inflammation. For her, it was the perfect color, it was the perfect energy. Again, receiving information instead of going on past knowledge. So with Daniel Tammet, he's able to just see these things and produce all this information. He's observing. In my own situation, about 30 years ago, I was lying in bed, just starting to wake up, you know, those, that twilight sleep where you're not really asleep and you're not quite awake. And a voice in my head said that a palsy belt would be developed, which would emit electric stimulation, which would help people with cerebral palsy control their movements. I sat on that for a year but it wouldn't leave me alone. So finally, here I am at probably about 28 years old, writing a letter to the Easter Seal Society saying, I got this, this, I was just given this information. And they wrote me back and they said, thank you very much. We're sending it to our research people. We have gotten lots of things that we have created in our labs based on people's dreams and impressions. And I decided just for fun, to look this up before I joined you today. And in February, 2020, there was a study done on neuromuscular electric stimulation and shortwave diathermy in unrecovered Bell palsy, finding that it is actually helping people. And there's also 2018 functional electrical stimulation during walking and cerebral palsy. The reason I brought it up a year later to the Easter Seals is I saw something on the news where they were using electrical stimulation for somebody's, an athlete's knee to help the knee heal. And I thought, well, they're starting to look at this. So maybe there's something to it. And now they're actually working with this 30 years later. Sometimes the information you get may not be relevant yet. It doesn't mean it's not valuable. So what I want to do today is give you some ways to start connecting more with your intuition and knowing when you're working with that. First thing you want to do is center yourself. So if you're wanting information and you're anxious, you're going to probably not get as accurate information because your intuition has to get past the static of your fears and worries. So tree technique, you're going to plant your feet, close your eyes, take a deep breath, let your shoulders drop. And imagine roots growing out of the soles of your feet deep into the earth. 
all the way to the Earth's core. And all the energy that keeps every living thing on the planet alive is coming up through those roots into your legs, your torso, your heart. It's just coming up and you don't have to pull it up. It's just there. You're just opening the channels in your energy field to receive that energy. And now imagine that branches are growing out of your shoulders and the top of your head way up into the sky, way beyond Earth's atmosphere, out into the starry universe. And all the love and support of the universe is coming down, down through those branches, into your head and neck, shoulders, arms, and hands, and into your heart. So you're receiving the energy from above and below with it meeting at the heart. If you practice this enough, you will get really good at centering very quickly. You'll also notice this is very calming and very grounding because your energy field is designed just like the gills of a fish that takes in oxygen from the water around it. Your field is designed to take in energy from the field around you. So now that you're centered, place intent. What type of information do you wish to receive? So when I'm working with clients, I ask their energy field. I say to it, to the subconscious, please tell me what you most want this person to know right now. That gets you away from wishful thinking. It gets you away from, you know, I really want this to work or this to happen. So I'm going to try and pull for that. You're just blank slate. What do I most need to know right now? It might be in general. It might be about a particular situation, but you're placing the intent to receive whatever information arises without attachment to what that might be. And the next part is observing, listening, feeling, both tactile and emotionally. So when I'm working with somebody's field and I close my eyes and I'm tuning in, I'm open to whatever I receive. Um, oh, thank you, Dawn. Uh, she says powerful teachings. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, you can get visions. You might get verbal messages. You might get a physical sensation, especially if you're an empath, and I know a lot of you are, where you're feeling in your body what they're feeling. You might pick up something emotional. Don't question what you get. This is the mistake most people make with their intuition. I'm seeing this, but I must be making that up. But why that? So trust what you get. Even if you don't fully understand what you're seeing at that moment, trust what you get. It might even fly in the face of what that person knows about themselves. I've worked with people where everything I said, they said, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. And later on, you know, now that I thought about it, you're right. But because I was going so deep below the conscious mind, it took them a while to realize what was coming up for them. So trust what you get. It may not look like the information you've acquired so far. And for me, I will see things like, for example, say I'm tuning into the nature of a relationship. If it's a strong bond, the energy there will be pretty solid. It'll just feel like a constant stream of energy. And I'll get, I call it the warm fuzzies. I'll feel like, oh, that's a good connection. Or I'll feel very grounded about the connection. And we might be talking about uh, you know, somebody you work with or somebody you're looking at hiring or collaborating with, or it might be a personal relationship. If I feel the energy oscillating between those two people and they don't have to both be in the room, it's just I'm tuning in on that person to help them work through their, their relationship patterns. I will feel it oscillating very weakly. And I'll know that either the other person has to be away a lot 
or there's a disconnect, or there's just not a strong bond there in the first place. I might even auditorily hear an argument. I won't necessarily hear the words, but that sense that there's been some disruption in their, the way they're communicating. So there's a whole lot of senses that can kick in. And this is energy. Everything around us is energy. It's learning how to read the energy. It's learning how to pick up on the field around us and what it's trying to tell us. We walk around in the world exposing our energy to everybody and we don't even know the, the communication we're offering. So you might put a smile on your face to greet somebody you're not really comfortable with, but your energy will be pulled back. And on a subconscious level, they will sense that. So we wanna work on ourselves to be as balanced and open as possible so that by our being more open, we can actually receive more information and be more effective in the world. So I'm gonna give you a fun exercise that you can do at home. And don't worry if you don't get everything. Most people start off with a basic vocabulary and then they start to develop more. So this exercise was given to me by one of my therapeutic touch teachers who, uh, her name was Donna and she has since passed, but she was an amazing teacher for me. And she said, look at somebody's energy field. And if you can't see it, it doesn't matter. And you don't have to see it with your physical eyes. When I look at your chakras, I'm using my mind's eye. So you just imagine if I could see their field, what would I see? That's how you start to open your intuition through the door of imagination. And so we were told to look at somebody's field and if there was a smell, what would we smell? If there was a color, what would, we, what would we see? If there was a sound, what would we hear? And if there was an object in the field, what would it be? So I decided at the time, I was fairly newly married and I decided to tune in on my husband's field. I saw gray, steel gray. I smelt metal and I heard the crunch of metal and I saw a raven sitting on his shoulder. I did not know at that point that he had been in a motorcycle accident when he was younger that broke his collarbone. And for me, ravens are often a harbinger of death. So it was a very bad accident at the time, but I didn't know about that. So that's what I mean by you can play. Bring all your senses to bear and just have fun with this. Be loose with this. And I'm just looking at some lovely comments from Donna and Ken. Thank you. I so appreciate you guys tabbing in and letting me know where you're at. Um, so feeling comes in and, and symbolism as well. So I'm also going to give you a way, before we get into the feeling part of it, I'm going to give you a way for using your external reality for symbolism. If you don't have an answer for something, ask the universe to give you an answer. And it can come on in all kinds of interesting ways. You might see repeated numbers. Some people call them angel numbers. Um, when I was planning my trip to Tibet, I had decided at 20 that at 50, I was going to Tibet. And the year I turned 50, it's like, okay, I'm supposed to do this now. And from the time I booked my trip that February until I went in October, every time I looked at a clock, I saw double or triple digits or quadruple digits every single time. And it was like the universe going, yes, you're supposed to be on this trip and you will be protected and supported on the trip. And when I booked it that February, I didn't have the money to go. I put the plane ticket on my credit card and by October, not only had I made enough to fund my being away for six weeks, 
my going on the trip, I'd also made enough to cover all the missed income during that time. Everything showed up that was necessary for that journey. And again, that's trusting that when you step out and you do what your intuition tells you to do, which may be outside your comfort zone, the universe will also support that. It'll give you what you need to do these things. So when I was going to move here, I was packing all my stuff with a mover and he said, well, I'm not going to take your computer desk. He said, it's, it's press board. It'll never make the journey. Just leave it by the side of the road for a university student to pick up. <coughs> okay, so I come here and I start looking for a place to live. And I looked at a number of places and I came to this one place and the only piece of furniture besides the appliances was a built-in computer desk. I knew it was my place. I knew before they told me it was my place. They said, well, we have to show it to a few other people. I said, no problem. If I'm the right fit, you'll know. And sure enough, I was. And that's happened to me when I've looked for a new office. I look at the symbolism. What's showing up that's saying yay or nay on this space? So remember that everything around you is an illusion. It's a quantum universe. Things can manifest in your reality to guide you. That book you keep passing on store shelves that won't leave you alone, buy the damn book. <laughs> You're supposed to have it. There's information for you. A snatch of conversation as somebody passes that suddenly feels very meaningful for you. Pay attention to those things. So in terms of feeling, what you know when it's your intuition, think of the words, just so. It feels right. It's not elation or dread or fear. So if you get a, a message and the message kind of feels fraught with, you need to do something about this right now, I can pretty well guarantee you that's ego. Unless it's something where, well, even, even if it's something where you're in danger. Um, there was one point when I was walking through a narrow alleyway in Nepal. Nepal is generally in Kathmandu, a lot of narrow alleyways. And I suddenly realized that I was in danger. I knew that some young men behind me who were coming toward me did not have good intent. But I got the message just as pull in your energy field now. And I pulled it in. So they're, they're casting for energy and getting nothing. And they went down another alleyway because their field wasn't getting a response. I didn't turn around, didn't look at them, just pulled my field in. But the message still was just very centered. You need to do this now. Okay. Elation, again, off-centeredness. You know, the most extreme is, as I said earlier, the Messiah effect. It's like, oh my God, the angel is speaking to me and this is a very heightened experience. Again, if it's not feeling centered, just like this feels like the right thing to do, chances are it's ego. If you're not sure, sit with it. Don't act on it right away. If it's truly intuition and you're open to receiving it, it's going to keep revisiting you. It's going to keep coming back. Um, and words carry vibration. So remember that if you're not sure, you can make a statement. Say somebody asks for your help. You can make the statement, I would love to help Sally with her garage sale. If it doesn't feel right for you, you're going to feel tight or heavy or tired. If it feels right, it's just going to be that warm opening of, yeah, that, that feels like something I want to do. There's energy for that. Be a good banker. If there's no energy for something, don't do it sit with why you're not being allowed to do it. It might be something that has to shift. It's either a not this or not now. Okay. 
I'm just going to see if there's, oh yes. Yeah, so the next thing I want to talk to talk to you about is surrender and follow through. A lot of people get these intuitive hits, but they don't act on them. Um, they basically get, uh, oh, I'm supposed to walk away from this situation, or I'm supposed to apply for that job I don't think I'm qualified for. And they don't act on it because it's scary. And yet life isn't always sensible. I've gotten jobs I was wholly unqualified for. And I remember walking into a job interview knowing I had the job, even though I wasn't qualified. And when the interviewer said, do you know how to work with, at the time it was Access, Microsoft Access, I said, not really, but if you throw me a ball, I'll catch it. And I got the job and I was there for seven years until I decided to leave to do this work I've always done as full-time instead of just a part-time thing. So there's a whole world of adventure waiting for you, but it means you have to be willing to listen. What is the information you're receiving and act on it? Another little exercise I'd like to give you and have fun with this, whether you're going for a walk or a drive, let your intuition lead you. See where it takes you. If you get the message, turn right here, do it just for fun, just to see where it leads you. I remember one time I was working, doing sessions with people at this retreat in Ontario, and we had about a two hour break. And I went for a walk in the woods and I was told to go and stand in a particular spot. My intuition said, just go there and stand there. And so I'm standing in this spot and all of a sudden a magnificent buck runs right by me. I could have reached out and touched him. I was so in awe and I went back and we were all sharing about our afternoon and I told the story about this buck. Now the people who own the retreat had been there five years. They knew there were deer. They'd never seen a deer there. Unbeknownst to me, somebody else in the group had gotten the same message, was standing 30 feet away from me, also in line with the buck. So there's this incredible alignment that occurs in the universe. We have a path to walk. We have things we're meant to do. And if we want to cooperate with the pattern and order of the universe, we need to listen and act on what we get. I'm just going to turn to the comments. And I love that Donna concurs. It doesn't have to make sense in the moment. It will in the flow of the quantum field. Very, very well said. And Don was saying numbers always speak to her too. Ken says, I keep popping up in his life. Symbolism, right? There's, a, I, I get that a lot, actually. People will say, I've had your card in my wallet for a year. When it's time to connect with me, they do. Or they just keep seeing me. So either they're meant to connect or I symbolize something for them. So only you know, you got to check in with yourself. So, and Don says the same thing. Um, so we still have a few minutes left. If there are any other questions or comments, uh, absolutely jump on now, leave a comment or a question. And um, Shauna is kindly conveying those to me and I'll be happy to answer them. And maybe in the meantime, Shauna, if you have any questions or comments, I'd love to know. Ah, Don says, ooh, cooperate with the pattern and the order of the universe so much. Yes, I love that. <laughs> I really appreciate the comments. Thank you so much. And just know that, you know, what I do, it's not a gift. I happen to have been born into a psychic family. So my grandmother was a medium. My mom is like this. My kids are like this. 
it's simply that some people are born athletic, some have to work at it. I just didn't have to fight family members going, oh, don't be so silly. Oh, you're making this up. So I never suppressed it. Um, and so Ken was asking, so what does it mean? So if you think of it this way, you come into this world, this expansive loving awareness that has a reason for choosing physical form for whatever lessons you came to learn about. Now, I was born with past life recall. I can remember half a dozen past lives where I was working on the patterns I'm working on this time. I had to go to extremes. So, you know, I had lives where I had power and abused it. I've had lives where I have been abused by people in power. This lifetime for me is about owning my power to empower others. But I had to experience both extremes to get to that middle ground. So we come into this world with that awareness and then we get projected on us by well-meaning parents, teachers, society, ideas about who we're supposed to be, what we can do, what we can't do, what we can have and not have. And to survive that, we suppress any parts of ourselves that don't fit that paradigm. So that grouping of ideas, at first, we're just trying to fit in. After a while, we start to believe those ideas are who we are. It becomes our id or ego, but it might not have a whole lot to do with who we actually are. So as we get older and we run out of energy to keep running the ego, it's one small part of us trying to run the show and hold all the other parts back. That gets very hard to do over time. We start to feel those parts coming up. It can be unease. It can be fear. It can be grief. It can be rage. Stuff that's been inside you your whole life that says, hey, I have something to say. They're not negative. They're not bad. They're parts of you trying to come to consciousness. And my primary work is to help you connect with those parts directly support them coming to consciousness so you are more present so you're making better decisions so you have more energy i jokingly say i'm 58 going on 30 because i've been reclaiming parts of myself for 30 years so when you start to do that you start to get more on track with what you came here to do in the first place i do believe we're born to the families that plant the seeds for the patterns we came to work on in this lifetime and that at some point that information starts to bubble to the surface because anything that doesn't fit what we chose to do when we came here starts to feel off, starts to feel wrong. And we either go stuff that down, do more shopping, do more working, anything but feel this, or we sit with those uncomfortable feelings and go, ah, oh, yes, what's this that's coming up? What is it trying to tell me? So the more we can learn to be comfortable with the uncomfortable, the more we're going to learn about ourselves, the more present we're going to be in this life, and the more joyous our lives are going to be. And I realize we're almost out of time. That was awesome, Benita. <laughs> that was fun, as always with you, Shauna. Thank you so much for having me today. You really had some... <laughs> Yeah, you really gave a lot of uh, food for us to think about and, and view things differently. And I love that you used some of your stories and your experiences. Thank you. And you know what? They're everybody's experiences. Everybody has had times where they have picked up on something. They don't know why they know it's that person on the phone before they pick it up or why they got that hunch. You know, um, for me, I used to have different routes to work in Kingston. And I would check in and you could do funny little check-ins like muscle testing. Like you say something like, my name is Benita. That finger doesn't bend. My name is George. The finger goes down. It's an electrical impulse that says, this is true. The electrical signal will go. It's not true. It cuts it off. You can do it with your arms as well. Or you can stand up and say a truth. You'll tend to sway forward. An untruth, you'll sway backward. That's another way that you can use feeling sense to make a decision. 
So I always avoided accidents on icy days on the way to work because I would check to see which which route I was supposed to take. <laughs> Sounds like a good idea. Keep it's practical. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Benita. And I know you have a busy day ahead of you. You're telling me we're telling me earlier all the amazing things you're doing. So thank you. I've never heard. Thank, thank you for carving some time out for us today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. You too. Bye bye.